That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Okay, we've got another great, great show today. I've got uh, Bob it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. How do you know how great it is? Bob, it's going to be great. It's oh, going to okay. be great. That's right. Um, John Cato, the psychic podcaster, knows it's going to be great. As you can tell, who do I have back as my recurring co-host? Uh, I should say co-host at that point rather than guest host, that's for sure. Bob Bergen. Um, what up? What up? What, hey, you know it. And I uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're so hip, aren't you? you and we I. are. You know, you and I, we're not even cool. We're not even lukewarm. Okay. Not we're, even we're, close. we're just sort of there. We're there. We are just. I've never there. been cool in my life. I'm going to give. Speaking, like, yeah. speaking of cool. Oh, speaking of cool, today we will be talking about happy days. And what's funny about you saying cool is, believe it or not, that was one of the original titles that they tried to have for happy days. The cool days or just cool? No, just cool. Really? Just cool. Yeah. And they got rid of it. But as you, so, that, so everybody out there knows, um, they are, uh, today we're going to talk about Happy Days. And yeah. I will make this quick side note on the original title, by the way. Yes, it was cool. Yeah. They went to focus groups to test it. Swear and you God. know about that. I do know about that with my yeah. background. Thank you very much. Focus yeah. group moderator, John Cato. Anyway, um, what's so interesting is they found out in the focus group that people thought that cool sounded, <laughs> sounded like Eskimos who smoke. I swear, I swear, that is a true piece of research there. Okay, okay. So somebody has to do a short film or a pilot or something called Eskimos That Smoke. I mean, seriously. That is so freaking funny. Who could come up with that? So um, anyway, quick intro, Bob, for those of you that do not know Bob Bergen from my other podcast, Bob is uh, a master of animation. He's the voice of Porky Pig amongst millions of other characters. He's been doing this for years, and he's also a very, 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 very close friend of mine. So, uh, and that's probably the most important part. So, uh, um, hey, well, it is true. So happy days, Bob. We both yeah. have a love for this show. Um, what, what's the first thing that pops into your head when you think of it? Well, because I think this is a running theme with, with That's Classic. Uh, let's talk about the house. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. The house for happy days is in Hollywood. Where? If you get off Kawanga from the 101 and you head, uh, head south, just past Melrose, just past Paramount Studios, on the right-hand side, you'll see Spanish house, Spanish house, piece of shit house. Sorry, I swore. <laughs> Spanish house. Clean show. And then all of a sudden, Milwaukee happy days house. Oh, how bizarre. Yes. So I won't give you the address because I don't, I don't want people to bug the uh, owners, but I just pretty much told people where it's at. And it is there. It's identical. You won't see Fonzie's apartment above the garage because it never really existed. Wow. Um, but it is, it is in Hollywood. And I don't know why they picked that house. Um, it looks perfect. I mean, it looks exactly like that but, time. But, but because, yeah. because I have a running theme with your show about houses and TV shows, uh, there we have it with that. And then later on, I'm going to tell you Gary Marshall stories, but happy days. Were you a fan from the get-go? 
I was, I was, you know, I'm originally from Milwaukee. So I mean, right. set in Milwaukee. And so there was such a big buildup about that, that I, I, I was a fan. In fact, to be quite honest with you, it's based on a um, Arnold's is actually based on a place called the Milky Way, which then became Cops Custard Stand. But um, they had the car hops and all that. And that was there. Uh, I went to high school right around the corner. So oh my gosh, you almost lived it. Yeah, I mean, really, it was kind of wild. It was like, oh my gosh. And in Milwaukee, I mean, Milwaukee's a great town, but it's only so big. You know about stuff like this. You know, well, does that, place, does that place still exist? I don't know if uh, Cops Custard does, uh, the, the actual Cops Custard. I'm not sure if that location uh, does because I haven't been back there in a long time. But right. I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt that for a second. But also, the blue and white colors on their jackets is yeah. actually the public high school that's around the corner from there as well, Nicolet High School. So they so, really did some research for this to keep it as authentic as they could. Yeah, they really did. They really did go back uh, back to it. I mean, there's a lot of tie-ins uh, to their real life. I mean, um, okay, another quick one, Potsy Weber. That name is actually Gary Marshall's wife's schoolmate's name. That was one of Is her she from Milwaukee? I don't think so. I don't oh, think okay. so. All right, so yeah. as long as we're on as long as we're on Gary Marshall, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so one of my best friends growing up, uh, Steve Keenan, his father Harvey Keenan and Gary Marshall were best friends growing up, and they grew up in New York, I think Brooklyn or the Bronx, I forget which, and they were so poor they would share dates. <laughs> I mean, in, in the same evening, they would share dates. Oh my and gosh. Now, I don't know how much of this is true. I've heard it from Steve, I've heard it from Harvey, and I heard some of it from Gary, but they would literally be, one would be making out with a girl, she would stop and go to him and make out. And oh, and come on. They literally shared dates. <laughs> and, and Happy Days was loosely based on their childhood. Oh, wow. no, that I did. And, and yeah. all of their friends. And, and the pilot for Happy Days, do you know where that came from? Uh, Love American Style. Very good. What was the title yeah. of the show, of the episode? Oh, I don't know the title of the episode. What was it's, it? It's kind of obvious. So, so, so Love American Style was always Love and. So Love and My Next Door Neighbor. Love and The Car Wash. This was called Love and The Happy Days. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. Now, that's cool. Wow, they and, actually took, took the name. They Yep. And Harold Gould. Oh, yeah. uh, played, played Howard Cunningham. Right, right. Uh, and, and Ron Howard played Richie, and this was before uh, American Graffiti. Oh, right, right. That's correct. Yeah, I did hear about that. I heard that Harold Gould did not, he actually was offered the, um, the, the show. But, was he? Yeah, he was offered the show. By the way, one of those moments in show business where you make the stupidest mistake, he turned it down because he, he was working on a summer play. Because See, listen, listen, summer oh. stock is very important. <laughs> it's very important to one's career. Right. But a show that lasted as long as that did, I'm sorry. Big error there. Big error and, here. And very much, very, this was common for a Gary Marshall series back in the 70s, in the early 70s. It started out as a single camera sitcom. Oh, wow. Wow. The first season, it was a single camera sitcom. So was, so was The Odd Couple. Oh, I did not know that. That is interesting. And then it became a multi-camera sitcom in the, in the second season. I so in the, in, the first season, in the first season, they did one episode with a live audience just to see what it would feel like. Mm -hmm. And it worked. 
and it worked. But in the first season, uh, the, the front door of the house was on the left when you're looking at your TV. And when it went to multi-camera, it was on the right. Oh my gosh. Now I have to go back and look because I never picked up on that. Oh, that's hysterical. Jesus. Yeah. You yeah. know, the other, the other thing too, and obviously being from Milwaukee again, Fonzie, which by the way, they have a statue of Fonzie on the river that goes right through the city of Milwaukee. A, a oh, that's statue. Too funny. And it, people literally visit that like by the thousands. Still. Like they're visiting Henry Winkler. Exactly. They're seeing- they do that. I'm sure they do that with uh, with Sylvester Stallone in Philadelphia. You know? Oh yeah, I've done that actually. I've I've, I've seen Sly up there. Did you uh, did you run up, did you run up the stairs? Of course I did, and I did the. Uh, did you make it? Around. Yeah. Did you make it? You I did. I, I did make it. But Fonzie, um, since we're there, hey, uh, Fonzie. <laughs> since we're there, hey, hey, hey. Um, what's so interesting about that though is Fonzie uh, Henry Winkler. That role was offered to uh, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees. From the Monkees? No I kidding. I swear to God, Mickey Dolenz. Yeah, he was up for consideration. But Henry Winkler, he, uh, the irony of this is, I don't know if you knew this, but Henry Winkler actually hated motorcycles. He, he no kidding. A passion. They like a fear? Put, what? Like a fear? Yeah, well, I don't know if it was a fear or not, but I okay. would think it might have been because I heard that they had to actually, whenever you see him get on a motorcycle, they had to actually lock it onto a platform so that it would not move. So, Oh, my be- God. That's hysterical. Uh, he had, he had a, a motorcycle phobia. Apparently, yeah. I just find that so interesting, though. Here it's Henry Winkler, and he's, he's got the issue with it. Yeah. But he's uh, – he, by the way, I have met him years ago when I worked as, like, a production assistant uh, with Thomas Harris. He came in, and it was just the two of us sitting there in, like, the lobby area nicest guy in the world. I mean, I've yeah. heard Gary Marshall is often described as the nicest man in, in Hollywood. Right. I, would, I would throw Henry Winkler in there too. So kind, look, truly interested in my life and talking and just a great guy, great guy. Yeah, I, I, I've, I met him several times. He was actually on my executive committee at the TV Academy. Uh, I met him at the Emmys because I'm on the Board of Governors. Right. But I, I met him the first time uh, we were working on a cartoon called Duck Dodgers, and he came in to do a guest shot. And, you know, I'm, it's Fonzie. It's, it's, this is way before I was, I was on the Board of Governors. And yeah. he was just genuinely sweet and nice and happy to be there. And I'm sitting next to him, and we're, you know, we're, it's ensemble work in a cartoon, and, yeah, and I'm, sure. peripher- I'm peripherally watching Henry um, not looking at the script, but mouthing everybody's dialogue. And oh, I'm thinking wow. this, this is quirky. And during a break, and I, I said, I'm just kind of curious. And he goes, I'm dyslexic. And I have to That's memorize right. the script. That's and he goes, right. and, I, and I don't just memorize my lines, I memorize everybody's lines because I have to know my cues. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That's and I said, so you don't read the script at all? He goes, no, 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 I actually do use the script, but I, this is, in my preparation is I have to really prepare. And I said, is it difficult? And he said, no, because, you know, when you're dyslexic, you work that memory muscle like crazy. Oh, that's really interesting. He, I know that when he auditioned for Fonzie, um, he actually, he had looked at the script, but because he has dys- dyslexia, 
he basically tried to get the essence of the character and he just delivered lines. Yeah. And they asked him, well, could you, you know, read the script? And he said, no, I really want to deliver the essence of the character. That's all you he know, told them. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, talk about smart guy. Yeah. You know, by the way, he, well, a couple of things. When the show started, he was a minor character and yeah. they, they thought he wouldn't even be around. He becomes bigger than anyone else on the show. He, in fact, at one point, I know they were talking about calling it Fonzie's Happy Days. And yeah. Richie uh, or Ron Howard said, no, let's keep it for everyone. And that, that's right. not that. The other one was, um, oh, I know what it was. He was actually, he was so popular. I don't think people realized this at the time. He was so popular that when they made Grease, they offered him the lead, not John Travolta. Yeah. I heard about that. But I think he came up to like Olivia Newton-John's nipples. He's a very short guy. <laughs> so, so I don't know if that would the chemistry would have worked. I mean, the only thing they had in common was the leather jacket. But it's, I don't think yeah. that would have worked. And by the way, um, in the first season, it wasn't a leather jacket. It was like a, a, a canvas jacket. Oh, God, that's right. It was like a windbreaker almost. Like it was a windbreaker. windbreaker. It was like a gray or tan windbreaker. Um, now, I asked you if you watched it from the get-go. I did not. Oh, I, was not I was not a fan of the show. I, I became a fan of the show because I was trick-or-treating that year with my friend, another friend, Steve, who yeah. was dressed as, as Fonzie. But I just thought he was dressed as a hooligan. <laughs> and, and, he, and he was in character, and he was knocking it. He goes, hey, trick-or-treat. And I'm like, I don't know what this kid's doing. Right. And I remember we were three doors down from my parents' house, and he knocks on the door, and it was Mrs. Smith, and she goes, who are you dressed in? He goes, I'm the Fonz. And she goes, are you a Fonzie? And I, we're walking away. I said, what's a Fonzie? What does that mean? What's a Fonzie? And he goes, you don't watch Happy Days? I said, no. What is that? And so then I watched it. And then, you know, Tuesday night over the years. Oh, yeah. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mort and Mindy. I mean, that was Gary Marshall Central. And then oh my the, God. The, the, the last half hour was just the shows that didn't work. You know, right. the Gary Marshall shows out of this world or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever spinoff didn't work. And but Tuesday night was Gary Marshall, ABC. Oh, no, it might have been Therese Company. I don't know. That wasn't Gary Marshall. But right. anyway, great television. Oh, my God. It was great television. And by the way, Laverne and Shirley, once again, Milwaukee, you know, I. Well, because that was a spinoff. Right. With, I, these two, I, with these two chicks that sound like they're from Brooklyn. I know exactly. It's true. I don't, you know, I don't under, you know, I should know that. It's funny. I don't know what the direct tie-in is to Milwaukee. I'll have to, I'll have to figure that out. I, I don't know. I got a good one for you, by the way. I don't want to just talk about Fonzie, but I'm sorry. There's too much good stuff here. The, you know, the whole jumping the shark, which yeah. is known. And um, well, you tell me what it, what is jumping the shark mean? Jumping the shark is when a series goes in a direction that, so goes against the show's legacy or Bible that it's, it's just, it's changed its course and jumping the shark came from the episode where Henry Winkler, now did he actually do the water skis? Check this out. This is, this is true. Now, first of all, you are, you're right. He, he's on the, he does the water ski and he jumps over a shark and it, yes. And so that, which by the way, Henry Fonzie, should not be on water skis. What is he doing? They're changing the course of this show and character with one stunt, jumping the shark. Exactly. Now, this is pretty tri pretty trippy. <laughs> he actually, when you ask about the water skiing, yes, he did. To the extent 
his father, I kid you not, his father had been trying, he had been pushing for a long time to figure out some way that the show could uh, actually showcase his son's water skiing ability because he was such a good water skier. Swear to God. Oh and my that's God. How that so came that, about. So, so he, he's, 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 he's scared of motorcycles, which is in character. Yeah. But, but water skiing, got to find a reason. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh and, that's, and that's how that evolved. It, they kept, you know, they kept, you know, pushing it. And finally they came up with something. I mean, it's a good thing he didn't like do hair, you know? <laughs> like, 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 no, gotta find a reason for Fonzie to actually just, just because I know hair. I can really make a great bouffant. I gotta do hair. <laughs> exactly. This is gonna work. <laughs> now, have you, in your, in your uh, time, have you ever met Ron Howard? I've never met Ron Howard. I, would, I hear, again, I hear he is one of the nicest people in the business. Yeah, um, same here. But, but Gary Marshall, I met several times. And what, what was your experience with him? Well, because my friend Steve's father and Gary were best friends, we mm -hmm. would, I would, Gary Marshall, I would go to the Dodger game. Wow. And his wife's name was Barbara, and Barbara, no, Barbara was from Cincinnati. She wasn't from Milwaukee because we would sit and talk about Cincinnati. And Gary's seats were between uh, home and first, right above the dugout. Oh, my God. Beautiful. And they were, they were great seats. And um, I didn't know Gary. I mean, I met him a few times, well, several times. One time we went out to, I forget, I mean, we might've been at Patello's in, in Toluca Lake or, or North Hollywood, but we were at dinner and this waiter says, Mr. Marshall, I just want you to know I'm an actor and I would love to work for you someday. And Gary goes, are you a good actor? And he goes, <laughs> he goes I'm pretty good. He goes, that's a problem. You see, I can't hire pretty good. I gotta hire great. <laughs> he says, the next time, if it's Gary Marshall or Norman Lear or, 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 or Mel Brooks, you tell them you're great. If you don't believe it, you tell them you're great. Oh my that's God, a, that's a great, that's great advice. That's great advice. That like great. great. Advice. And, wow. then I, and then I worked with him on the Looney Tunes show. He played Bugs Bunny's doctor. So when Bugs Bunny would say, what's up doc? He, he ended up being, he was the doc. Oh, is that wild? He, and so, I always forget that. He was an actor as well. That's true. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and lots, lots of voiceover work. Um, you know, and, and it was very funny because uh, Jeff Bergman was doing Bugs Bunny. And he's like, you know, me, what's up, Doc? And, and he goes, well, let me tell you, your prostate's okay. I mean, that wasn't about prostate, but <laughs> it, was, it was just being a doctor. And then uh, somebody else comes in and Bugs says to the nurse, what's up, Doc? That's not a doctor. That's a nurse. Oh, my God. It's your eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then the last time I met Gary was at a TV Academy event a few months before he died. Uh, yeah. I don't remember why he was there. It might've been the hall of fame, but I, he was with his, his daughter. Had you ever, by the way, have, have you been to his theater? I, I have, I've got, I've got a little side story there myself, actually. Well, well, yeah. but, but he was lovely. Uh, and I love his theater. And as long as we're talking about the theater, let us segue into the Gary Marshall theater, yeah. which is called, which, what's the name of the, well, it used to be the name of the theater. I was going to say, because it, now it is the Gary Marshall Theater, right? Right, but it used yeah. to be called Falcon, named after. Yes. Named yeah. after. Oh, God, don't tell me it was Maltese Falcon. No, no. What was so, it? So, so the Falcon Theater was the theater group in Beaches. That, oh. that Bette Midler, when, when she, when Bette Midler, and I think was it was it John Hurt or John Hurt or Hurt John or somebody. Yeah, uh, or William John. Hurt. Or. Yeah, that's whatever. <laughs> but it was the Falcon Theater. 
And yeah. I think the Falcons was the name of the gang when they were growing up in New York, the street gang. Oh God, that is I think. Cool. I have to get that, I have to, I gotta do, if there, it, people who listen to this podcast and there are millions, look <laughs> that up. Gary Marshall's, Gary Marshall's uh, uh, gang. And they, by the way, they weren't much of a gang. I mean, I no, think they, I'm sure they weren't. They, they shared, they shared a date, you know, so they're not much of a gang. You know, you might be right though, because I, I met him actually uh, when I w was uh, working on a project uh, that he, he had at the theater and he actually, personally took me around the the front lobby area he has yeah. the um oh god it's a machine that um you have at a carnival and it, it's got like the the head like a genie and it spits oh yeah out the, like a, the uh the, the like the the fortune teller thing yeah and i believe that's from big uh from no way big. yeah yeah and he he said to me he said look this is this is sitting here because my my sister uh I uh, couldn't figure out where she wanted it or something like that. And I said, well, let's put it in the lobby. And this is actually the machine from Big. That he's is talking so to cool. me. Yeah, he's talking to me. He's telling me all about this. It was pretty darn cool. And there was some other item that's in that lobby that's from the movies. I can't remember because I was so blown away by that. Yeah. But he was really, really a nice man. Yeah. Really, uh, really kind. And, and, very and gentle. Hear that, you hear that um, consistently yeah. throughout, throughout this industry. What I mean, he used to... He used to, um, they, they, had a, they had a softball league for Happy Days. Oh my God, super and they, successful. Yeah, and I, I remember being at Dodger Stadium and they're, and they're, they're playing for charity, a, right. a, a, a softball game. Um, and he was just considered like a father figure. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Ron Howard wants to direct movies and TV shows and he lets Ron Howard, I don't know if he'd let him out of his contract or if he just gave him a handshake and said, please go. Uh, do your right. do, do your dream. I mean, Ron Howard was the glue that held that show together. I mean, yes, yes, Fonzie and Henry Winkler were the the the, the standout stars and sure, and sure character. But you know, to let Ron Howard go and do his thing—that's huge. You know, you know what else too with Ron with Ron Howard? He actually offered uh, Ron uh, the opportunity to direct episodes of Happy Days. Uh, Ron Howard turned him down because he wasn't ready. Uh, he didn't feel that he um, he didn't he didn't want to spoil the essence of the show, and he felt mm. like the guys that directed, uh, which gosh, I'm terrible right now. I should I should know the guy's name. A really famous director, um, Jerry. Oh, Jerry Paris. Jerry Paris. Thank you. Yeah, Jerry Paris was directing a lot of the episodes, and he and Ron Howard did not feel like um, it was his. It was it was for him you to know, step into. That's interesting because there was a time and maybe some shows today where they have the same director for, throughout the life of the show. Right. But a lot of, sh a lot of shows have, you know, guest directors. And I've oh, always sure. wondered, how do they come in and understand the feel, the chemistry, the right. legacy, the Bible? You know, it's not just technical here. The camera goes here. You walk there. No, They've not at all. Character. Yeah. So, you know, but... Ron Howard, who was a part of that series from day one, you would think yeah. that he would he would he would get it, but you know there's a there's a trust and a respect that goes along with working with a director. Uh, yeah. So perhaps perhaps he was just being respectful. I bet he could have done it. Oh, he could have done. It. He's super talented, without a doubt. Yeah. He, um, Ron, you know, it's interesting about Ron Howard too. Going back to that, we talk about actors that are offered something and then they they say no. He turned down Happy Days. 
as well. And uh, Gary Marshall had to really talk to him and say, look, yeah, well, val- fair enough. He just was coming off of being Opie for all those years. And now right. he's, he's going to be typecast as Richie. And it's like kind of a similar good old, good old all-American boy thing. And he wanted to uh, make sure that Gary Marshall said, look, I want you to know we're, you're not just going to be in this this typecast situation. We're going to broaden out these characters over the years. There's there's so much more here. And he he believed in Gary Marshall, and that's why he agreed to do it. Wow. Um, but he he almost backed out. I mean, he was a very successful guy to begin with, you know? Um, yeah. So, well, we got we got to we got to talk about the elephant in and out of the room. Sure. Chuck, <laughs> the brother, the what? brother. What the hell? I mean, you know, I can understand if you want to send him to college. Oh, he got married. He moved to Hawaii. But why just pretend like he never existed after season three? I found that really bizarre too. I agree with you because I remember those episodes very well with Chuck. I don't. Oh yeah. Did you ever see the one with Chuck? Chuck has his own apartment and he, and he has Richie uh, come and be his roommate. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I actually thought it worked. I thought Chuck was fine. It not, it not only worked, it didn't make sense. Couldn't they have at least like, okay, he was only in season one when they went to multicam in season two and forward. Right. He never, couldn't they have had a funeral? Couldn't they have done something, you know? I, yeah, I agree. He's teaching English in Japan. I mean, something. Yeah, he he's 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 a a rocket scientist and he's working for NASA. I mean, something. Yeah, you know? anything to add. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a budget situation or what with Chuck, but it and is I think weird. There were more, I think there was more than one actor that played him even in that first season. You know what? You might be right on that. I, I can picture the one. I can't picture the other. I can I'm picture the one. And I can see him sitting at the breakfast table. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, and and Wolfen. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. And, and probably the only like, you know, scene that, that we remember vividly of the character because he wasn't around that much. No, he wasn't. He wasn't there much. I, another character I'm sorry I, I, we should talk about is I mentioned Potsy earlier. I'm sorry. I love this aspect of the show. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is, this is something that I found out that I thought was fascinating. Okay, so they had, obviously the show was doing well, but they still have a budget and they, they you know, they, they have to watch their costs. Right. Well, the jukebox, because you know, uh, Rock Around the Clock, um, the Bill Haley and the Comets one. Which was that, the original theme song. That is correct. And they re-recorded it for the show. He did a re-record, and then they did the actual original version later they put into later episodes. But, no kidding. Yeah, that's, that's for real. But what's wild is the jukebox. Remember at Arnold's? Sure. There's always music that's, that's going to be playing. Well, the in order to pay the artists for those songs, it was just so much money. And they heard, swear to God, it's a true story. They heard Anson Williams sing in one of the episodes and they said, oh my God, he's got a great voice. He actually sings all the songs in the jukebox after that, but that's him. Yeah. And they don't- For nothing, for nothing. I swear to God, they don't pay him. It's for free. And so they just had him sing all the songs. So nobody, you know, you're watching the show now, you got to listen, but that's actually Anson Williams in the background. So you know the transition music on TV shows when they go from one scene to the other, like in the Brady Bunch. Oh, sure. Da, 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 da. So yeah. on Happy Days, by the way, do I get a residual by bringing up Brady Bunch? <laughs> sure, why not? Are there podcasts? Ladies and gentlemen, that was the uh, first uh, podcast, I believe. That's on right. The- 
Yes. So on, on happy days, when they would transition, where they would do that sort of like, it was like squares that would go like this to this, like blue squares. Oh, totally. And, and you'd hear, sha-la-la-la, sha-la-la-la-la. Yes. I had a student years ago, and you know, going around the class, you know, what do you do? And what have you done? And she right. goes, I'm a, I'm a session singer. I said, well, would I know you from anything? And she started singing all the Happy Days transition music. No, <laughs> come on, seriously? Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, wow. oh my God, I, I said, you're an unknown celebrity. You're, I mean, everybody knows your work. And she goes, yeah, I know that, but terrible contract, no residuals, it was <gasps> crap. I said, no oh, really? residuals. That's what she said. I don't know why. You'd think oh. she would, she'd get residuals, but I'll blame her agent. Oh, is that painful? Jesus. Yeah. You know, I kind of, we got, we, you and I always get rolling on stuff. And I, 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 you mentioned American Graffiti. I think we should bring that in because um, even though it was, they got, it, was, it was, well, it was a huge influence. And it also, if it hadn't been for American Graffiti, I don't know if we'd have Happy Days because um, once it was successful, that's when ABC actually greenlit the show. But yeah. it was after that. Yeah. And Cindy Williams was in that as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, Wait, Ron Howard is in that, right? Yeah. Ron, How Ron yeah. Howard is in that. Rock Around the Clock is in that. Th that soundtrack was great. It was huge. Oh, now, here's what's really fascinating. Let let's yeah. think about this, okay, shall we? So, Happy Days took place when the first season, probably late 50s, like 58, 59-ish, you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, yeah. Do you remember on Laverne and Shirley, as the years went on, at the very end of the opening credits, it would say 1966, 1967. It would, it would have the year. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So Happy Days, let's say, it's, let's say it took place 58, okay? Just for argument's sake, it took place in 58. Yeah. Happy Days debuted in what, 75? Uh, that sounds about right, yeah. Okay, so 50, 60, So 17 years later, Okay, think of the, the, the pop culture differences between 1958 and 1975. You know, you've got the, 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 the duck ass haircut, you've got, you know, you've got uh, Earth Angel, and then, oh, you've yeah. got, and then you got, stay alive! Yeah, I mean, the music, oh, yeah. things had changed so much. 17 years ago from today, it feels like it's the same. There, yeah. isn't, there isn't much culturally different uh, other than, yeah, we stream TV shows now. But my, my point is, culture and popularity changed so much in that 17-year span. So when Ron Howard did um, American Graffiti, which I believe was 72 or 73. Yeah, yeah. That, and, 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 and American Graffiti, I think, took place in 1960. I think that sounds right, yeah. That, that, that was only a 12-year difference in in uh when those when the, when, when, it, when the film took place and reality but such a difference in culture it was considered classic music oldies 12 years ago we were still we were listening to madonna you know yeah, I mean, it's true yeah not, nothing has changed so it's just so fascinating to me to think about what 10 12 years difference meant back then compared to today Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Actually, it, it really is unbelievable. I I think that you know I think it says a lot about a Happy Days as a show that you can go watch it now, and it still holds up. I mean, it's like it's it does. Still there. It totally you know? holds up. Listen, we were talking about Arnold. I loved the character of Arnold, and no, he wasn't he wasn't on that much. Oh, you, you know, know wait, are we talking about uh, Pat Morita? 
Yes, we are. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. Now I now now I met Pat Morita. Oh, did you really? I at, at his house. And now it always goes back to houses. <laughs> Pat Morita and his wife lived in Tarzana. And we had some very good friends that bought a house in Tarzana. They built a house in Tarzana and we had torrential rains and a mudslide destroyed the entire block. And my dad and I was, excuse me one second. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Reminder, podcast. Alexa, stop. That was my reminder for our one o'clock podcast. <laughs> I love that. I love okay. that. Love Alexa. Always yeah. great timing. He's not talking to you. He's not talking to you. If you say her name, she will respond. <laughs> Alexa, what is Happy Days? Happy Days is a comedy show starring Ron Howard, Henry Winkler, and Marion Ross. Alexa, stop. Alexa, who is John Cato? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> So, so Pat Marie, so yes. my, my dad and I went to our friend's house and I mean, just imagine this beautiful home and it, it is up to your eyeballs in mud. It was so sad. Oh God, that is sad. And we are literally just trying to just dig up anything that we can grab and take it outside. And the neighbors are doing the same thing. And I went next door and this guy is just like crying. And I said, do you need help? And he goes, um, I'm just taking it all in. And I said, listen, we're working next door. I'll, and I didn't recognize the guy because from, from head to toe, he was covered in mud because it oh washed him out of their house. And when he cleaned up, it was Pat Morita. Oh, but, wow. But, but I didn't know it was Pat Morita and, because he was just this muddy guy. Oh, that's really wild. And yeah. it, was, it was way after Happy Days. I, don't, I, think, I think it was when Al had taken over. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. And why didn't they change the name to, to Al's? You know, that, oh, well, I, I think I, I, what I had read, because it was also, why didn't they change the name uh, when Pat Morita was on there? Why was it called Arnold's? Because people actually at first were like inflamed, like, well, why would you have this very, you know, English uh, sounding name, so to speak? And here's Pat Morita. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. It, Cause he didn't have that name. His, I can't remember what his name his was. His name was Arnold. It was Arnold. There was something. Yeah. Well, his real name was his real name. When he remember the episode where he got married. Yes, I do actually. And yeah. he had this, this very, uh, elegant Japanese, uh, uh, very cultural wedding. And yeah. he mentioned what his real name was in that wedding. And, right. I, and, and, and there was a joke, you know, what, where did Arnold come from? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make this up, but you know, you know, who's going to come to Hashimoto's, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was it, yeah, I think that was the, that was the joke. It was in, the joke. I, I think what happened though is because they had approached him, he almost did not continue on with the show uh, as long as he did, because they were like, this isn't coming together. It doesn't make sense. It's a, it isn't coming across. We feel like we may be insulting a culture and all this. And he came back, and I can't remember the exact story, but it had something to do with um, that his his mother was was uh, of Asian descent, and his father was actually of American descent, and something along the lines of, and his name was Arnold, and it was like a dedication to him. Okay. And, this, and, and the and oh, the okay, I love that. Yeah. Well, also, I kind of want to say. You know, dude, it was, and he did leave the show, I think, in the second or third season. He did, he did. To do a very terrible ABC sitcom. 
Right. Well, I'm sure the money was there and everything else. And well, yeah, for there. three episodes, I don't think it lasts. So, so like when McLean Stevenson left MASH, everyone thinks bigger and better. And, 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 but the problem was they brought in Al Malinera to play Al. And he yeah. was great. He was superb. He was superb. I agree with you. I actually think of him more with Arnold's than I oh, do. Oh, everybody does. Because he, he was their longest. He was their longest. And he married Chachi's mother. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's take a, let's take a quick segue to uh, Chachi. Okay. <laughs> Since you mentioned Chachi. My neighbor um, who lives down the street. Oh, he lives down the street from you. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Scott Bayo. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Talk about a lucky break. I mean, that, that really launched him big time. I mean, he was well, a, he had done, a, he had done a film star. Bugsy Malone. Oh, I remember that. Which with 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 uh, with uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. It was, and it was a musical. Yeah. And and um and then he and then he got Happy Days and then he got uh, forgive me world Joni loves Chachi. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, first of all, I don't think Joni even liked Chachi. I'm, I'm just I'm just <laughs> I don't saying. Either. I'm I don't just either. Saying. But they they got lucky because when that show bombed, they got to go back to Happy Days. But yeah, but you know what the thing is, it, it, his character worked really well and fit in with the show. Uh, and, they were, and they needed, you know, after a while they brought, I was never a fan of um, the years with, uh, and forgive me, Kathy Silver, because I've, I've done voiceover stuff with her. But when they, when they brought in Jenny Piccolo, and, and I, forget, I forget the guy who was on Married with Children who played Ted Mary. Ted McGinley? Yeah, I was like, yeah. Every time he does something, and Ted, forgive me, buddy, you're, you're, I'm sure you're well, a very nice guy. Well, there's that Ted McGinley curse. It's every, every, everybody in the business knows about that supposed curse. Bring him on yeah. the show and he cancels it? Yeah, it's gone within a couple of years. Of him Except getting... for Mary with Children. That's the one that broke the curse. But like he came on Love Boat and they said, yeah, it sinks. Let's just sink the boat. <laughs> right, right. There is an issue there. No, I agree. Those aren't the best. Those are certainly not the best ones. When, when Marion Ross let her hair go from high to, to down, that's when it started to go downhill for me. <laughs> right. Everything changed just with that. And maybe she was trying to get that off to the audience. Things aren't going well. Um, Perhaps. You never know. By the way, and just so I want to make sure that we, we cover these characters because Ralph, Ralph Melf, um, the, the actor, uh, Donnie Most, I got to tell you, talk about Lucky. Be, the show was so popular. He actually had, he actually also sang and had an album out yeah. that was on the charts. I really? Mean, yeah, I didn't I know that. I just know, I just know he's he's singing now. Oh no. Yeah. No, he's got he's got a uh, I think he just released an album, but I think he is I mean, COVID probably stopped this, but he was doing nightclubs and things. Wow, Donnie most. And I actually hear he's got a really nice voice. Well, this I did hear his song from like 76 that he got that was on the charts. And it's very like low, soft. It reminds me a little bit of when um, Patrick Swayze did the, that one song that became kind of a big hit from, uh, uh, oh, geez, Dirty Dancing. He, he wrote a song. He did? Yeah, and it became a big hit. It was actually a big hit, but it's that same kind of, it, it's like, it's very soft. Their voice is okay. very soft. And so it's like, it works. It works. But it, Well, there was a time in the 70s that if you do a TV show, you must sing a song. Yeah. Do you remember when, I don't know if it was Starsky or Hutch, but one of them had a hit song, Don't Give Up On Us Baby or something like David that? David Soul. David Soul. There we go. And yeah. it was, he, had, he actually had a very nice voice. I, I hate to admit it, but I like the song. 
The song is <laughs> it's romantic as hell. It's, it makes you cry. I love that song. But, he, but, but he's a one-hit wonder. Whatever happened after that? Yeah, I know. I know. It's always when they're popular on the show. That's that. Right. That's a big thing. You know. By the way, there were a lot of um, there were a lot of guest stars uh, that were on Happy Days, and uh, one of, one of the ones that was one of my my favorites was they brought in Tom Hanks as a rival to Fonzie as a uh, black belt, a karate black. Oh my belt. gosh, I do not remember that, but that is hysterical that you I, do. I mean, well, well, it's just kind of funny because it's like, why would you bring, like when you're in the casting session, you're like, let's get a tough uh, rival for uh, Fonzie. Yeah, you know, in that black belt, let's get a tough, hey, what about this guy, Tom what about What about the tall, lanky guy with the curly hair? He looks tough. But listen, uh, but let's, let's think about how this, this progression, because wasn't it the same producers of Happy Days that did Bosom Buddies? Oh, that's, that does sound right. You were talking about the Miller, Miller something? Yeah, Miller Milkus, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so, so he, he plays the black belt in, in, in Happy Days. He goes on to do Bosom Buddies with the same producers from Happy Days. He then goes on to do Big, directed by Penny Marshall, Oh, this is the most, I mean, it's, this is a bit, people who want to get in show business, it's all about relationships. Oh my gosh, that is a great, great little uh, progression there to see that. That's wild. And when, then he did other things too, but I mean, I'm just saying that was an interesting progression. Well, yeah, because when he did Happy Days, I mean, he was really unknown, really unknown oh, yeah. guy. That's just so bizarre. I think, um, by the way, another one that, that I thought was really kind of dug this one up that was wild. I don't know, do you know the actress Linda Pearl? Sure. Okay. She played Richie's girlfriend in season one. Yeah. Then I swear to God, comes back in season 10. And now she's Fonzie's girlfriend, but she's a different character. Well, of course. Yeah. And now, I, actually, it's really funny. Just before we agreed to do this podcast, I said now she's dating Patrick Duffy from Dallas. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, my God. A whole progression okay. going on there. Well, there you go. Yeah, isn't that insane? Well, well, listen. Um, I think we should, uh, yeah, probably bring this to a close. I mean, I, there's so much, I, I mean, we could keep talking. We haven't even talked about Tom Bosley, you know, Tom what a great Bosley. guy there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But I think we should probably, yeah, we should probably wrap her up. So, um, thanks again, Bob. God, I, 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 what can I say? I always have a blast. It's always fun, kiddo. All right. And tell your, and tell, tell your listeners, don't knock on the door of the happy days house. People probably live there and just, just drive by and look at it and go, that's cool. Yes, I respect that. All right, talk to you soon, Bob. All right, buddy.